0: This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 51 How to Stop Feeling Resentful. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges on this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Welcome to episode 51. Now you're in for a special treat because this is an episode about resentment and how to deal with it. I think it's perfect timing to do something like this, especially because we're coming to the close of the year and there's a lot of times that you're going to be around family and they might have a lot of expectations around you, especially for the holidays, and you might not even be realizing that what you're experiencing is resentment. And so we're going to talk first, I'm going to give you the definition that I found for resentment that I thought was really insightful, and the Googles, good old Googles, tell Tells us that resentment is the feeling of a bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. So, if you feel like other people around you are treating you unfairly and you have that indignation, like you might be dropping into a little bit of resentment. Resentment might be happening in your body. And if you're like me, it's not the most pleasant sensation. And it's one that we definitely, you definitely want to put the blame on somebody else for you feeling this way. It feels um, protective to put that some, the blame on someone else so that, um, so that you don't have to change because the change is hard, right? And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to accept what other people do or other things, like, especially if they're treating you unfairly, you don't have to accept that. But you also don't have to give your power away to them, waiting for them to change in order for you to have better emotional sensations in your body. Okay? So, when I was thinking about resentment, it reminds me about how it, the way I like to think about it is that it's an escalated emotion in my mind. Resentment doesn't just start, I mean, it could, but I don't think it just starts at the drop of a hat. I think that it happens. Over time, event after event will happen, circumstance after circumstance. And at each one of these circumstances, there's thoughts that you're having that are creating some different emotions before resentment, which is probably some flavor of irritation or anger or frustration. And if you're not able to, in that moment, take care of yourself and those emotional sensations you're having when they're just little, They're going to pile up into resentment. And I've talked about in some podcasts before, different ways that we can deal with emotions. And some of the most common ways are people try to avoid feeling an emotion. They try to resist it, push it down. That's not there. If I don't think about it, it's not there, but it's just festering. And the other one is to indulge in the emotion. And it's just telling this story that is escalating this frustration and anger where it usually paints you in a really good light and maybe the other person in a really terrible light, which we all do this. It's so normal. It's so common. And there's nothing wrong with doing this. It's just what is the experience that you want to have? Do you want to continue in anger and frustration, irritation that leads to the resentment or Are you ready to look at a different way, a different path to deal with all of these sensations in your body? Okay. First thing I'm going to say is that all sensations are neutral, especially emotional sensations. They are neutral. We think that this one feels better than this one, like loved feels better than feeling hatred, Um, but really, or like love feels better than anger. And especially like happiness feels better than sadness. I'd rather be happy all the time than be sad. But all of these are emotional sensations that are being created by the thoughts in your mind and the neurotransmitters are sent through your body. And it's really the reaction that you have to the sensation that makes it so uncomfortable. And it makes sense because when you're sad and if you are crying in public or something, you might have a little bit of embarrassment tinged with that. If somebody told you that's not okay to act like that, don't cry. Nobody needs to see you cry. Just cry in private. Of course, you're going to think there's something wrong with feeling sad. So it takes a little bit to rewrite this narrative around these different emotions. So anger okay to feel angry, and like I said, to feel angry. It's okay to feel the sens- the sensations of frustration and irritation. When you take care of it at that level, the resentment usually doesn't come. But the good, <laughs> the good or bad, we're humans, and so you may not have been taking care of these things along the way, and and allowing the emotions to process through you, and so. Resentment might already be there. So I'm going to tell you some of the the thoughts that I see my clients have the very most that causes resentment. And number one, like the number one thought is, well, I have to do this. Resentment. I don't know. What what emotion does it create for you when you think I have to do this? Like I have to take my kids to school in the morning. (laughs) sure doesn't feel very great in my body. And then the second one that I hear a lot is, everyone wants me or needs me to do this. Everyone needs me to make dinner for them. I'm just talking about common mom problems today. You can see what's on my brain. And the third one is, well, I don't have a choice. It's like, I have to do this. So it's, it's all of that... Um, just very all or nothing thinking, and that everyone wants me or needs me to do that, this, it leads into the people-pleasing tendency, that fawn state. And also that I have to do this. It seems like there's a level of danger with it. So it's escalating that nervous system state where you're probably going into a fight or flight if you're thinking, I have to do this. Like Probably the, mo- the first thing you want to do is avoid doing it or... Have a terrible experience while you're doing the thing. Um, I'm trying to think of an example recently. Um, I mean, it's it's so so simple. It could even be like laundry. Like <laughs> I'm I've, I've come up with a new system for putting away my laundry, and I really love it. I can share that another time. But I don't know if you're like me. But my laundry like migrates from like the basket to the bed to the basket to the bed. Until it's like time to like wash the other, (laughs) do the next round of laundry. And so I'm like, I need that basket empty so I can put the dirty clothes in it and take it downstairs. So when I'm thinking about the laundry, like I have to put this laundry away. The first thing my brain is like, nope, we're out of here. We're going to figure out something else to do to distract. Um, And that resistance comes from like this. I have to do this. Like I feel resentful about doing laundry. So funny, right? Right. But so we're going to talk about a little bit more. So those are the three thoughts that I really, really see that create resentment and think about it for you. Where's an area in your life where you feel resentful? Maybe there's somebody in your family that's asking a lot out of you and you feel like you have to keep saying yes, or you say no, and you don't feel good about saying no to them. Like where, what are you thinking that's causing that resentment in that, in that environment? Maybe it's like, well, I can't tell them no. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, the second point I want to go to is, um, talking about manuals I've talked a little bit about it in previous podcast episodes, but when I'm talking about a manual, it's this unwritten rule book that you have in your brain for how you should behave, how other people should behave, how they should treat you, all of that. And as women, we definitely have manuals for different roles that you have in your life. So for example, your manual for being a good mom is going to be totally different than my manual of what being a good mom is. And it's okay. Like I, I, I want you to be thinking about how do I want to show up and be a good person? The problem is most of the time you end up using your manual against yourself. You're like, good moms, fill in the blank, make dinner every night. Good moms have a clean house. Good moms uh, volunteer at their kid's school. There's all sorts of things. And so when you don't make dinner every night or you don't go volunteer any, or have like a clean house all the time, use it as a, as a reason to beat yourself up. And then if you do go do those things, like I have, you've got the, I have to make dinner because then I'm not going to be a good mom. That's my manual. And then you go make the dinner or avoid making the dinner out of that feeling of resentment. It just feels so terrible. Okay, um, going back to this, everyone wants me or needs me to do this, I have a little story for you. Um, back when I was on the kidney transplant list after my fourth son was born, um, I just, I, I thought that the things that I did for my family was what made them happy. <laughs> so naive, right? Um, and so when I stopped being able to do so many household house care jobs for them, And like my kids were still really little. My oldest was only 10 years old. Um, They had to pick up a lot of slack in order to help the house function. And of course it was never anything that was above their capability level, but there were things that they had to pick up. And I just remember sitting on the couch and just saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I can't do this for you. I can't be this mom that I had in my idea, in my head, this idea of this ideal mom I'm sorry, I can't be that for you. And my kids would look at me like I was crazy because they were like, you're a great mom. So that's how we know. Like, it's never about you being able to do the things for the people in your life that's going to create their happiness. It's always what they're thinking about it. And thankfully, not all the time, but my kids were thinking, I love mom and probably they were seeing just how sick i was and on the couch and not being able to really do very much many days out of the week and they probably were like that sucks to be her i wish my mom was healthy and they were helpful so they probably were like i want to help her so then when i'm apologizing they're like you're sick i clearly couldn't see how sick i was and i'm like All of you chronic illness friends out there, you probably can't see how sick you were or are currently either, but you being able to do things for other people does not mean that they are going to feel happy or not. That is what's going on in their own brains. Their thoughts that they're having about whatever's going on is what's creating their happiness, not you. You don't have that power because you can't physically be in their brain. This is something I have to remind myself all the time. Like, I can't be in their brain. I can offer them all sorts of helpful suggestions for my kids, but they're the ones that get to choose what they want to think. And okay, so what do we do? What do we do with this resentment? Okay, I'm going to give you um, three things to think about when you are feeling resentment. Or if you're even feeling like some of the the smaller emotions before the resentment comes, the anger, the frustration, maybe the irritation. Okay, here's number one. Feel first. Get your body into a place of safety. We've talked about the sympathetic and the parasympathetic state. When you are in fight, flight, frown, freeze, and you're feeling dangerous, you're feeling like this tight and this tension, That is the time to bring your body around and to send yourself messages of safety. If you're not in a safe space at that moment, it's time to remove yourself and get into a safe space so that you can start to allow those emotions. And when you're in the parasympathetic state, when you're in that aligned, more rested, calm state, the rest and digest is what we call it, or the rest and repair, then Allow yourself to really feel what those sensations are. So and that doesn't mean that you have to go meditate in your room by yourself. I do this all the time. I, I always joke about the example. There was one time I was really feeling sadness and shame, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna feel sadness and shame while I make my my son a peanut butter and jelly sandwich." And I was just like, "This is what shame feels like in my body. It feels really deep. It feels heavy." It feels like it's slow moving and kind of cold. And as I'm just like putting the sandwich on the plate and taking the plate to him, I'm saying this in my mind, but you don't have to stop your life in order to feel what's going on. Okay. The second thing is to invite enjoyment in, especially when you're feeling resentful. Once you've allowed yourself to, to take care of the sensation part of it, think about things that really could light you up in that moment, that bring joy, that bring peace. Um, For me, the easiest and fastest one is always music. I'm like, got Alexas and I can play my favorite songs immediately. That's something that's just, doesn't take a lot of energy and can quickly invite that enjoyment in. And so I, I encourage you to write a little mini joy list, even like putting my hands underwater. I've talked about this before. I really really love water and having that physical tactile sensation of running water can help bring me back to my body, back to my present self. And so, just what are your enjoyment lists? It can be bigger things, but what are the small things in the moment that are going to get you back into that aligned state and get you really focused on creating some some more pleasant and pleasurable sensations? after you've allowed yourself to feel something that maybe was a little bit challenging for you to feel. Okay, and then the third thing is to question later. Now, this is where you get the coaching. This is where we get coached about, okay, is it a big deal that you have to make your family dinner every day? (laughs) Is it something that you want to continue to feel frustration about? Is it something you want to feel resentful that your husband's not helping out or you don't have the budget to do what you want or you like all of the mind drama? Gotta take care of your body and the sensations first before you can start questioning it. But you do want to start to question it so that you're not drawn back into those same habits of thought loops that have created the anger and the frustration and the resentment in the first place. And so that's the part of stepping out of yourself, seeing that all of the circumstances that led up to the resentment are neutral and deciding what you want to practice believing on purpose instead. Or maybe something just becomes so untrue that you just automatically believe the new thing, because it's just as true. Okay, so those are my three things when you're feeling resentful, is to allow that emotion and really feel that in your body. The second is to invite enjoyment in, and then... The third one is to get coached or question leader. What are those thoughts that I was having? Like, I have to do this. I love to shift to I get to do this or I want to do this because those things bring in desire for me. I get to do this is almost like anticipation too. It's a totally different flavor and that's one that I want to generate and keep focusing on creating over and over again. And everybody wants me or needs me to do this. I kind of talked about that with the couch. I'm like, they actually don't need you to do everything. And I don't have a choice. You always have a choice. And this is the lie that resentment tells you over and over again, is that I have no say in the matter, which is simply not true. You have so many choices. And if you can't see the choices, talk to a trusted friend, talk to a coach, will help you see all of the choices that you actually have. All right. That's what I have for you about the podcast today. And if you are wanting more clarity in your week and wanting to invite some more ease and abundance into your schedule, I invite you to join me in our Creating Clarity class. It's every single Monday for free. I don't want to say for life, but it'll probably be for life for free on 11, at 1130 Eastern a.m. Um, and then also 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. And I'll drop the link down below so that you can sign up and join us live on Zoom. It's not recorded, so just come live and enjoy this time that you have to spend with yourself. It's one of the ways that I use to really take care of my body and take care of my whole self, obviously with a lot of kids and a lot of schedules. There's things going on, but prioritizing my body is what allows me to show up well for the people in my life. All right, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go. If you're interested in signing up for your free 30-minute double-your-energy-this-week call, I'm only opening up three slots each week, starting the week of October 23rd. Grab yours before they're gone.